Do you know that there is a problem with tipping, but there's also power in it? We're going to explore all that and a ton more, all on tips, all on today's show. Let's do it. Salon owners are some of the most amazing people on planet Earth. The only problem is sometimes their hearts are so big and they give so much of themselves to their staff and guests that it creates unintended consequences. Our goal is to change the industry by elevating the way the rest of the world sees salons, spas, and barbershops and give it the credibility that it truly deserves. This is the Salon Owner Evo Revo Show. Today's podcast is brought to you by Salon Scale, allowing you to charge by what you know, not by what you feel. What's going on, guys? Welcome to today's show. My name is Jason Everett, and with me is Mr. Doug Campbell. What's going on, Doug? How's it going? It's a beautiful Dude, day what? here in Florida. Yeah, it's, it's not bad here in California either. I'm sorry if you live somewhere cold or not as awesome, uh, but you, I would just let you, through the power of either seeing out my window or listening, I hope that you, yes, get jealous of Florida and California. That was the honest goal of that. Uh, but we want to talk today about tips. Uh, we want to talk today about tips and some of the goods and bads about tipping in the industry. You guys might be familiar with the uh, FICA uh, tip tax credit uh, that, that's uh, working on getting uh, sent out and approved. And there's a lot of different things. But if you've ever been hit with, like, Doug, I've heard people talk about this, right, in salons, been hit with, like, crazy bills they weren't prepared for because they were paying, you know, uh, taxes on their employees' tips. And there's a lot of different things that if you don't use your tips properly inside the salon, there's honestly a lot of pitfalls, right? I think owners can use it wrong. Staff can use it wrong. And there's a lot of challenges I think we need to talk about today to make sure that salons can navigate tips well yeah yeah I, you know i think one of the biggest things is somehow or another tips got put into a different category rather than ordinary income uh right. so so therefore it gets treated differently you know it's uh you know it, it's mad money it, it's just extra money and i don't look at that as my real income but you you have to because that's part of what you're doing as a job and as a business owner I mean, you got to look at that and say, look, you know, I've, I've got to make sure I'm accounting for the matching taxes that I'm having to pay on tips. And I can't fall into the trap of, well, I'm going to try to figure out ways that I don't have, they don't have to report all their tips and I'm going to reduce the amount of tips that go through their paychecks or under some illusion that if I just put it on them and it's their, 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 their they've got to deal with the, the taxes, that doesn't work. And if you get caught, you're going to be in big time trouble. So, so let's rewind back to Doug. I think one of the biggest issues in tipping that exists in the industry is people underreport their actual income because of tips, and it leads to people not realizing how much income is to be earned inside this industry. I mean, for a stylist to be able to earn six figures, to be able to earn a hundred thousand dollars, is not uncommon by any means inside our world. Is that we know we know lots of salon owners that have stylists that make six figures and a healthy income and living from being a stylist without having to go to school for four years. You can outbill people who do other really incredible jobs. And a lot of that stems from people saying, well, you can't really make money as a stylist because uh, through the uh, reporting that often gets done, people go, well, hey, you can only earn $30,000, $40,000 a year as a stylist, which is not true, right? And if they actually reported tipping and things like that that are a part of their regular income, and by the way, if you know this is a hot topic, type in hot topic because I, I you know, if you're if you're watching on the video, you can type it in because 
I, I think this is this is the one of the core issues, Doug, is that people think, well, tipping is just extra or it's a bonus or it's my, like you said, it's my mad money and it doesn't really count as my income. So I only make this much. But if you factor in that other 15 or 20 percent in income, there's a massive opportunity uh, to be made here uh, for stylists who work behind the chair, uh, for a massage therapist and for other areas. But this is also one of the caveats. And, and again, we're going to bounce around and then kind of like go back and go through this in order. But this is one of the things I think a lot of people get hung up on is if you don't factor it in and consider it part of their normal income and their regular rate of pay, what ends up happening is that then they go, well, you know, I, uh, I, I'm going to just go and work for myself so I can keep all of my money right? Is they, they say, Hey, I'm going to go off on my own. Cause if I go off on my own, I don't have to report my tips, but Doug, you as a salon owner, you as a barbershop owner are making me report my tips, but I, I don't want to, I'm going to cheat the government. Cause if they won't even know, or, or maybe they'll send it in on Venmo and then they won't know, which is a whole nother thing we'll talk about today. But all of these things are dicey areas. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, the, the problem is it, Especially now, it's because they not only do they want to not want to report their tips, they don't report their income at all, uh, yeah. which really hurts the industry. Totally. But going through Venmo and doing some of those things, all that stuff's being tracked now. I think Venmo's down to if it's over six hundred dollars, it's getting reported. Yeah. Uh, same thing with PayPal, uh, all that stuff, because they know that a lot of the the gig the gig work society that has come about, especially through the pandemic that people are just trying to take money straight. Um, and it's always, I always find that interesting how you know, it, it's, it's just okay to not pay their taxes yet. <laughs> they claim the discount or the tax credit for their children. Uh, but they don't want to pay taxes in to begin with. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's just, I think we got to get the mindset. Look, it, it's the law. It's how we operate as a country. If you want to change that, fine. I have no problem with it. But there's a process so to change, change it. it through the process, not just right. Decide you can't on just say, "Hey, I don't want to live by it. those rules." You know, so yeah. Yeah, it, it, those are the rules, and you need to. And I think to play the bigger game, you know, when you're we're trying to nickel and dime stuff, it you're not going to be able to play the bigger game. You're not going to be able to do the bigger things. Yeah. Uh, cause you're going to get caught at some point in time. Uh, it's just like owners that think that, Oh, well, if they're just taking them on Venmo or they're taking them this way, then no, I don't, have, I don't to have to pay. I, I don't have to report. So I have to pay the matching taxes and it's very dangerous. You're going to get yourself in trouble if they report. And then it's reported that you're the one that they were working for. It is your responsibility to have them. They would have to si sign their tip report sheet. If they're not signing that, you don't have signed copies of that then it's going to be on you. Now, if they signed it and said, I did not receive any tips, and then they, there's a Venmo, then that is on them. But most people aren't going to yeah, sign that because they know that. The question just becomes, how do you avoid all this shenanigans in the first place? And the, mm -hmm. the easiest way to avoid it is report it properly, right? Can we just be clear? Like, report it properly, use it as part of their income, pay the uh, matching taxes, like, run it correctly. Right. And I think, you know, as a salon owner, I don't want you to feel shame as you're listening to this, this episode. If you're like, oh crap, I don't do it this way. I want this to be a big learning episode for you to say, how do we really handle it? And I, I want to go, producer Bob, I don't know if you can pull up my screen. I tried to share something with you. You might not be able to do it. Um, but I, I wanted to share something with you guys that we do inside of our uh, program. And if you can put it up on the screen, Bob, great. Producer Bob, if not, that's all good. I'll leave it one more second. If it doesn't work, I'll, I'll just explain it. But um, what I wanted to show is 
we do something called a, a stylus calculator. And on our stylus calculator, what it actually shows, it shows you know how they make money from you know their their uh, guest count, their pre-book, their average retail, average service per guest, retail bonus, service commission, and tip percentage. Anybody catch that? And tip percentage. I'll say it one more time. And tip percentage, because we want them to see a true uh, a true. Uh, indication of how much money they make for the job that they put in while they're on site, right? So it says their monthly income inclusive of tips. And when we talk about as a salon, how do you actually increase that? We talk about what do you need to do to do it? And we match the, and the tips get matched along with that process because that should be counted as part of your regular and real income because tips, even though they're not required, are expected as a part of the service, at least here in North America, right? For most of the salons in mm -hmm. North America. And so that that's something that's a part of the process, whether it's a 15 or 20% uh, tip ratio. And we want to be able to, uh, we want to be able to make that a part of their income. So when you're forecasting and you're projecting forward, so I think number one is as you're forecasting uh, and projecting forward, make sure that when you're sitting down and having that one-on-one -on -one meeting, you don't just talk about their income before tips, you talk about it with tips because that should be factored into their or into their ordinary income. Doug, anything you want to add about factoring that in and talking about it in their one-on-one -on -one meetings? Yeah, because I think if you want to give somebody a picture of what they're actually making an hour, you've got to figure right. in what their commission was and what their tip income was for those hours to get a real picture of it. I think the biggest thing is that getting people educated on that we got to treat, if you treat that like real money and you know, so it goes onto your W-2, which gives you more borrowing power to purchase a house or purchase a car or do any of those things, yep. uh, but also just in budgeting in itself. If, if the tips are landing outside of your budget, then there's a lot of things that are, you're, you're not able to do what you could if you put it inside your budget, if you manage that money. Sure. Because the idea is the mindset is like, oh, that money I just don't have to worry about. And that I don't know why I'm not getting ahead. Well, because 20% of your income, you're not paying attention to. Right. Uh, you know, it's like anything. The more you pay attention to something, the, the you can move those numbers. Uh, you know, So is it paying off debt? Is it investing in some kind of investment for your future? Is it putting it into a retirement fund? You know, uh, what, what is it buying, being able to buy rental properties? And so, but that money's just, mad money that just disappears into vapor right. um then and then also it's like do i need to change some of my habits am i spending entirely yeah. too much money going out or you know i use my tips to go to starbucks and holy crap i'm spending a thousand dollars a month on starbucks you right. know i think when you lose that vision and that's i think as owners it's important to have those conversations with your team so that mm -hmm. you're helping them to understand it the more financial understanding it's like one of the trainings we got inside the group is profitable stylist. And it's not about being profitable from the stylist. It's about you coaching the stylist how to manage their money well so that they're able to get to the place that they need to get to, which is good for you as a business. If people feel like they're really moving forward, looking their life is moving forward, working for you, then they're going to want to work for you longer. And, and this makes a huge difference, right? Let's say you have a stylist making $50,000 a year uh, before tips and 60, cause again, 20% would be $60,000 a year. If you calculate their tips, or if they're doing hundred K a year, that's $120,000 a year when you include tips. So if you look at that from a standpoint of growth and opportunity, you want your stylist to be earning as much income as possible so they can qualify for a better car, a better house, create more opportunity to be able to give back to charitable uh, organizations, their church, whatever they want to do. And so how do you continue to ascend them through that? You make sure that you factor in their tips in their income. Guys, we got 
gotta take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about one of the biggest, dangerous, craziest things that salon owners do that we find with tips. And you're gonna wanna hear exactly what that is and prevent yourself from doing it all when we come back after the short break. We'll be right back. Hey, HPSA listeners, let me ask you this. Are you tired of not knowing what your hair color is costing you on every appointment and watching it chew up your profit? Well, with SalonScale, we take the guesswork out for you. Using a mobile app paired with the Bluetooth scale, SalonScale will tell you exactly what your color is costing you on every bowl mix down to the gram. As you mix, SalonScale will also digitally store your formulas and track how much product is being used in real time so you can manage your inventory, cover your expenses, and generate more profit in your salon. Use promo code HPSA10 to get 10% off an annual subscription. Salon Scale, the new standard for mixing color. All right, so we're talking about tips, and I don't know about you, man, but this is a topic that I think is one of the most under-discussed topics in the industry. Uh, that not only hurts uh, enrollment for beauty schools because parents sit down and go, you can't really make a living as a stylist. I think there's a 20% gap in that pay right off the bat just because people don't properly report their tips. But one of the biggest things I said right before the break, uh, we're going to talk about it when we come back. So get ready. We're going to talk about the biggest mistakes salon owners make. We talked about not reporting their true take-home income, inclusive of tips. We talked about... Um, different ways that people try and like undermine it or, you know, they, they run it through Venmo. There's a lot of different ways that they can do it or they just use it as mad money. And I think that's the subject we want to get into about how salon owners can use tips. Cause Doug, I see people all the time that when I ask salon owners how much money they make, they go, well, I pretty much just live on the tips. Like I don't pay myself properly as a salon owner. And then I just, I just live off the tips and then that's fine because I don't have to really report that and I don't have to pay taxes on it. And they kind of live in this like gray area that helps them make money. Let's talk about that because I think that is honestly one of the biggest mistakes I see salon owners make because they can, they can kind of get away with it when they're smaller, but it keeps them small indefinitely. So can you tell me your thoughts on that, Doug? Yeah, well, not only does it keep you small indefinitely, it makes it almost impossible to sell your business down the road because the True. numbers are skewed. Uh, and a lot of times I say, I, I pay myself, uh, is come up with some random number as a paycheck. And then to your point, they live on their tips and they don't really uh, report their tips. Uh, maybe they do, but still, I think it's it's important that you put all of that together. You've got to be able to pay yourself as a stylist and pay yourself your full tips and pay yourself for anything else that you're doing in your business. If yeah. you want to create a business that is sellable, because um, mm -hmm. you know, people always, it's so funny. They always think their business because the effort, time and effort that they put into it. They think that it has a lot more value than it actually does. But it, no one cares. I hate to tell you, no one cares how much time and effort you put into your business. Uh, what they care about is, does it kick out a profit that doesn't require me working inside of your business? Right, right, um, right, right. <laughs> so, so Harvard, you just got to get real about that and quit, you know, say, take your tips, report your tips, pay your taxes on your tips and move it for pay yourself for what you do behind the chair, pay yourself a management fee. Uh, but all those things have to come in together. You can't just kind of live off one and then kind of think like, well, if I'm not reporting all of them, then, you know, I, I'm saving that money. I'm saving the taxes on it and that they, it'll nickel and dime you into never being the success that you could possibly be. Yeah, I think the problem is if you play the game like a small person plays the game, like a small salon owner plays the game, you will never become the big salon owner. You got to play the big salon owner game, which means report your tips, 
can create a real take-home income for you as a salon owner. Um, and make sure that all of these things are on the up and up. It, hopefully you're having a lot of ahas. If you're having some ahas out of today's conversation and you realize that you either might've had some of these bad habits in the past, or you may have them now, throw some exclamation marks in the chat. I know some salon owners listen to this like, Jason, we know all these things, we would never do it. But I, I wanna just make sure that you guys get this because I wanna talk about some other traps around tips, Doug, that I think are really important. Um, there's a dangerous thing going around. I, I talk about it like it's like some dangerous flu. Uh, but the idea is there's a dangerous thing going around where people cash out tips every day. Can we talk about the difference between cashing out tips every day and there's tools and resources? But like, you know, if you cash out everybody's tips every day, let me just take some money out of the register and pay you out your tips. What's some of the dangers in doing it that way? Because I, I don't think that's how you recommend doing it, Doug. Um, what are some thoughts from you on that? Yeah, well, I mean, the problem is it, it they had they got money in their pocket. So it spends quicker again, money to burn, money to burn. Right. We're trying to help people budget, getting their money in chunks, expectable chunks, and then budgeting accordingly will help because I was like, oh, I got some money. I got some cash. I mean, the other problem for a uh, business owner is you're, you're having to constantly go get change from the bank because you're sucking money out of the till to pay out tips all yeah. the time. I've talked before and it's like, yeah, I have to go get change from it every day. And like, why? And it's like, well, we, you know, we pay our tips every night. I was like, why you know that, that yeah. that's not helpful to your they may feel like it is because they can't always have cash in their pocket but you're not really helping them any it's like it, right. it, the them having the discipline of waiting two weeks to get those tips in their pocket um will help them to manage that better and, and it's yeah I, I i'm just not a i'm not a fan of the the, the tip right out i don't think it's helpful right. to them i know it's not helpful for the salon to be running that much cash through there um, and well, then, and yeah. I, I want to take this opportunity to talk about this. And I, I don't know if you guys know this conceptually, but the, the, if you can get people on a, like, depending on how you pay out your salon, you either pay out, you know, on the first, the 15th or like every other week, or you pay out weekly, or in this case, we're talking about paying out on tips daily. Now, obviously that is different from payroll to tips. We're, we're saying with Doug, what Doug is talking about is just pay out tips as you do their regular paycheck, whether that's weekly, twice a month, mm -hmm. however it ends up flowing for you or every other week. And the, the reason for that, if you don't know this, is that people will learn to be better stewards with their money, better keepers of their money, better budgeters with their money, if you give them a range of time for them to uh, plan to use their money. If you give people money every single day, if you just cash them out at the end of the day, whether it's tips or a paycheck or anything like that, they will become, in my opinion, a bad way, addicted to spending all their money immediately and then needing more tomorrow. It's like a drug habit. It's like you don't want them to have that cash every day. Now, I want to also frame this up though, because this is going to be a little, I'm a little controversial here, is that you know you can get paid out on like DoorDash or Uber or those kind of places. You can get paid out the exact same day if you're willing to take a little bit less money. And this is like the, the, the uh, drug addict kind of scenario, right? Is that if you can just work and immediately get paid, then you have to, then you have to go to work tomorrow because you've already spent your money. And I see this trap happen all the time. And by the way, we'll talk about Venmo as one of these other traps that kind of happens here. Cause I see this stuff happen all the time, right? Is that people say, um, well, Hey, I don't pay a fee to use Venmo. And Doug, we'll talk about that, right? Like people go, Oh, well, I'll just, I'll let you get your tips through Venmo. Mm -hmm instead of getting cash tips and we don't have to report it and all this other stuff. I mean, number one, Venmo's reporting your tips. You make more than $600 a year in tips. Venmo's going to report you. But the other thing I see people do is they like, oh, I have $100 in Venmo. I need that tonight. 
Like I need to go clubbing. I need to go out. I want to buy some shoes. I want to do what, like whatever it is. I want, I want that money right now. And then they end up still paying the fee to get access to their money instead of waiting and being disciplined to wait that two or three days. Cause Venmo is evil, man. It'll literally say, you want that money right now? We'll charge you for it. Right. It's, it's, it's like, it's a loan shark. Like saying like, if you want that now, I'm going to take a piece of it or wait two or three days. And I think what we're trying to do with the salon spa industry is elevate the world's perception by making salon owners and stylists more disciplined with their money, better investors, uh, being a better their lifestyle. And so if we as salon owners, spa owners and barbershop owners, if, if you work to, um, help teach them to have a little bit of financial discipline. We're just talking a little, a little of financial discipline to wait a couple days to get a deposit in their bank, to wait until the end of the week for them to get their money. You will actually teach them, teach them more, this sounds very old of me, Doug, fiscal <laughs> responsibility. But fiscal responsibility for these, for sometimes, you know, these 20 year olds that are working inside your salon that are like, I need money for tonight. Like, how do I get it? And, and again, at the beginning of the show, I say saloners have such big hearts that they end up hurting themselves because they don't know what they're doing. So with you paying your staff out every single day, in my opinion, I don't know if it applies to you, Doug, but in my opinion, that is actually hurting your team when you pay them out every single day because you're teaching them how to be less financially disciplined because they're not, they're not going to do great things with that money they get right away. They're going to spend it and it'll be gone and they want it again tomorrow. That's kind of how yeah. it works. Drip money on people. And I think one of the things too is like, so if you ever want your team to, uh, be the ones that, that buy you out down the road, you better be teaching them some financial responsibility so they have the money to yep. buy you out down the road. I mean, it's just, it's just one of those things. Like I said, they're going to work with you longer if you show them how you can, they can move forward, really move forward. I'll tell you, someone that's broke at $30,000 because they don't know how to manage your money is going to be broke at $100,000. That's right. Uh, well, and it's just and the way that it works. Broke just being defined as like they're going to have more month than their money, right? Is there like they're getting right. in a month and they have nothing saved. So if you can figure out how to be in a somewhat disciplined scenario when you have $30,000, then you'll have the same at sixty, have the same at ninety, the same at one hundred fifty, the same at $200,000 is you'll understand that there's some responsibility uh, that comes with earning money. And again, I think that's the responsibility. Unfortunately, the school system doesn't teach kids about money. And so when they, when they graduate beauty school, when they graduate high school, when they come to you, they've not been taught any sort of financial responsibility. So if you continue to feed that habit of a lack of financial responsibility with tips, and this is just one area, right? With tips, if you continue to feed into that, it's gonna create more problems. It's gonna create more chaos. And you're not going to get them to elevate their lives as much as you want them to. You want them, like I said, to be able to purchase the cars, purchase the houses, be able to have a down payment. And then again, what would be the next step in responsibility of purchasing a car, purchasing a house? Well, maybe buying a business or investing in another location with you or being a part of that investor team who buys out the next location or buys you out in the future. I know so many saloners that you hear this, you're like, well, I'm not ever planning to sell. I'm going to be here till I'm 90 years old doing this forever. We just want them to have the availability to be that financially responsible to do it, even if you weren't that responsible when you were younger to be able to do it. Doug, I'm just trying to make sure we covered all the things we want to talk about here on uh, this subject. But man, I feel like this is well, helpful. If it is, guys, do me a favor and type helpful in the chat or say what's been the most helpful for you or mouth off and tell us we're full of crap. I'll take that one too. But I really want to know if you're, if you're getting some value out of this. Well, I think one of the things too is that in order to teach that to your team, you have to, first of all, model it as an owner. You've got to be doing that. 
Because I'll say the same thing about uh, uh, business owners is if your business is broke when you're at five hundred thousand dollars a year, your business is going to be broke when you're at two hundred thousand dollars a year. Uh, It's just being aware of where you are. As I said, I think I'm a big fan of you. If you're going to coach somebody or lead somebody in something, you you need to hear your own words. Uh, So you need to take responsibility because then you're going to have the real life experience of doing it that way and the benefits of doing it that way, which is going to make you more authentic and believable when you're coaching your team. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you're not being responsible, and again, we mentioned one of the biggest mistakes that salon owners make, right? Is you use that money as your pay. You don't pay tax on it, or you maybe pay tax on it, but you still use that as your paycheck. Like start being responsible, put them in the right categories. If you want to be a million dollar salon, play the game like million dollar salon owners play it. You want to be a $10 million salon, play the game like a $10 million a year salon owner. And it's one of the biggest elevations in identity that you can make is when you start saying, I'm going to be as responsible as I can be in all of these categories. And what will happen is as you increase your level of responsibility and, uh, as you increase your level of responsibility as a business owner, your income actually goes up with it. So when you become more responsible, your income becomes uh, more receptive to you. And so that's what we want you to do is make sure that those two things match and get you moving in the right direction. So guys, I hope this today's discussion about tips at least gave you one or two new insights about tips. Maybe something you hadn't thought about. Maybe something that you're still in the gray area with, right? This was 50 Shades of Tips today. Uh, 50 Shades of Tips and how you can actually make sure um, that you're doing things on the up and up and actually getting your staff the credit that they deserve. And for you too, making sure that you use tips appropriately. Uh, and especially in those one-on-one sessions, I can't emphasize that enough. And I'll leave you with this final thought is make sure you're in one-on-one sessions. You're planning out their tip income as their, as part of their regular income. So they look at it as part of their income. And when somebody says, you know, I, I want to be able to make a hundred thousand dollars a year, we'll factor in their tips to show when they do that. Cause that means they're going to be making, you know, 85, 90, a year, well, uh, yeah, 80, 85 a year, plus tips on top of that's gonna get them to about $100,000. So make sure you celebrate the actual win that they get to, get them there with their tips and everything else, record it, report on it properly, pay your taxes on it, and become a bigger, badder business owner. That's it for today. Have a good one, guys. Enjoy, and we'll see you on another podcast really soon. If you have not subscribed yet to the podcast or you haven't given us a rating, I don't know if you know, but we can't reach more salon owners unless you help us by giving us a rating, liking, and commenting on these videos. The more you do, the easier it is for us to reach more salon owners and help them change. Thanks for being on today. Doug, as always, thanks for being here. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to the Evo Revo podcast. Today's podcast was brought to you by SalonScale, allowing you to charge by what you know, not by what you feel. Please subscribe, leave us a review, and you can always get more information, including show notes and the video episodes at evorevopodcast.com.